Hi, this is Dr. Walter Rocker. And Dr. Will Cradock. As you can hear, Dr. Cradock is back. Finally, right? You know, I feel like you Much just, needed. You no, know, you know what? No, let's talk about this. I feel like you're you're those you're like an absentee father. Okay, explain. Okay. Because you just show up whenever the good times are around. You know, you don't ever go through like when a kid is sick, you know where to be found. You know, you barely pay child support. I, I'm there for this the is, important important you, memories. That's it. You got you gotta be there all the time. But, uh, you know, when I you know, come, like, when I like come the, back, you, you always, I think the absence makes the heart go fire. No, you're, you're like, you know, you're like, the you know what it is? Needs me. You know, that's, what it is. Th- that's your ego. That's your ego talking. <laughs> you know, you're like, you're like that dad that like wants praise for babysitting their own kids. Yeah. That's you. Well, the first thing, if you call it babysitting and it is your own kids, then you're kind of. But that's what you do. You're, you can't you, babysit your own kids. You, you probably that's, take your kids. That's called parenting. You probably take your kids to like the mall. And ex- expect people to be like, oh, look at that guy. He's doing a good job. Well, I, they do do that, but I don't expect it. No, you expect it. I can just see that. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> look, <laughs> we, we, we got we our guest here. So, Dr. Gosh, what's going on, buddy? No, I'm not. How are you doing today? Good. So, you know, it's funny. He came in and he said to me, he said, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna be, I'm gonna gonna be, have a lot of energy. And that's what I want. I want yeah. energy, okay? Yeah. And, and he actually wanted to basically talk about, because you heard our episode where we had uh, a private practice owner right. and and uh, a corporate owner. Yeah. And they were on there and he he sent me a text message. He goes, Are you serious? You did this without me? And I was oh. like, Oh yeah. Well, what's, what's going on here? So he wants to basically tell the two stories, right? Because he's lived the two stories. Okay. He Perfect. was he worked in corporation mm-hmm. and now he's in private practice. And he wants people to kinda of understand the difference between the two. He wants people to kinda of know his experience of what he went through. So we'll start with that. Is that, is that, is that, did that sum it up correctly? Yeah. Sounds about right. Right? Yeah. So, so let's start from, again, you were, yeah, from the beginning. What made you start with a corporation? What made you say, let me go ahead and work for a corporation? Uh, I think just typically with any dental student coming out of dental school now, it's a lot easier to get into corporate practice, uh, just because if you don't have a family member or a close friend or, someone shadowed from dental school or even before that you're able to get into a private practice with, the only other option is to go into corporate or, uh, you know, big company. Um, and they, they know that. So they try to take advantage of it. When you're in dental school, they do these free lunch and dinners where they take you out and they kind of, you know, groom you so that you're prepared when you get out of dental school to sign up with them. They have recruiters that are built for this task and stuff. Private practices obviously don't have that. It's just a private dentist and, um, you know, you just walk into their office hoping to get a job. So just coming out of dental school, I just knew immediately that if I wanted to start a job immediately, I'd have to go the private practice or the corporate practice route. And that's just because I don't have any family members. I'm the first dentist in my family. I don't have any, you know, dentists. All the dentists I shadowed, they've already got, you know, their whole business set up and they even told me you know once you get a year or two on your sleeve then consider working with us but for private practice dentists to just take a fresh grad straight out of dental school it's a big risk to take because it's their own office they'd like to have somebody with a bit more experience which is definitely understandable you know it's funny and that kind of reminds me of you know whenever my brother he was uh going for different jobs right he was a petroleum engineer Right. He got out of school and he was looking for jobs. Yeah. And they were like, well, we want at least five years of experience. Yeah. And he was like, well, how can I get experience if you can't hire me, if you don't hire me? Yeah. It's so like it's a cash exactly. 22. It yeah. makes no sense, right? It's kind of like you want the experience, but you don't want to hire me so I can gain the experience. Yeah. Did you feel like the corporate people that came to talk to your school, did you feel like they were kind of just blowing smoke up here? You know what? Uh, I think some of them were. There are definitely some that are better than others, but... What do you mean some that are better than others? Are you saying that some recruiters are better than other recruiters? No, or? some corporate companies. Some of the recruiters are really good to where they kind of sugarcoat a lot of things. And then when you go into further research about the company, you find out that there's a few flaws in the company or, you know, a few little things they fail to mention to you. Um, but in terms of the actual, um, I guess... The main thing I, I realize is that you have to, as a dental student, if you're listening to this, you have to go to these lunch and learn and dinners. I do think they're important to go to, but don't, you know, don't t- take everything with a grain of salt. Make sure when you're done going to these, go research the company. Don't fall into like this kind of um, trance that they put you in, that everything, you know, just butterflies and rainbows. You really have to go and see what their production is, how they, um, how they pay you, like where you're getting your your paychecks, like how you're getting those. 
because a lot of the times they just throw all these figures at you and all these pretty numbers, but they don't tell you how you're going to achieve them until later on, or until it's too late to sign the contract. Well, I think you, you said a lot. I kind of want to unpack yeah, a couple yeah. of those things. Yeah. So, first thing that I, I, that, that struck me is you said, you know, coming, even before you were out of dental school, they kind of had already presented themselves, winded, dimed you a little bit. Yeah. So you knew about them. Um, and the private practice weren't doing that. So if you could, and I know it's hard to kind of, hindsight is twenty twenty, but yeah. going back, if, if say you didn't uh, experience that, say they didn't come, what, how do you think that would have changed your mind state or like where you would look to get experience coming out of school? I mean, it would have definitely made it harder to figure out which corporate practice I wanted to go into because ultimately that was the only route I was going. I just had to figure out which one I wanted. So the way I looked at it was I would go to these lunch and learn the dinners and kind of see what the, you know, what they had to offer, what they had on the plate, what they served me. And then I'd go home after that and kind of research, you know, you know, uh, just on boards, see what people had to say about them, Google reviews about the companies that worked in my area at home, just to, um, and just kind of see how it was, you know, in comparison to what they were throwing at me at dinner. Because obviously at the dinner, everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if I didn't do those, those lunch and learns and dinners, I would only have 50% of the knowledge that I was getting. And that's just the other side of the, you know, and that's the part where I'd have to do research myself. Um, but I think going to these dinners, lunch and learns, you do learn a lot. Um, but mostly just the positive aspects of it. You don't get to see the negative aspects of it, which is expected. They're not going to tell you that stuff. So, so when you were doing your, your research for these different companies, um, what kind of resource? Cause you kind of mentioned, you know, like, what did you use student, uh, doctor.net? Yeah, student doctor network. Um, just, you know, at the time when I had Facebook, I'd use Facebook. Um, I would go just on the company, like, website. Like, I knew which companies and which neighborhood they were in around the areas I wanted to work in Houston. And I would just kind of look at the Google reviews and see, like, what their average reviews were. I mean, at the end of the day, like, the patients probably have the best, not always the best, but typically have their point of view, the practice and how it is. Um, so that was my way of kind of seeing the other way. Or I would meet friends that graduated a year after me or a year before me and ask them about it because I had a lot of friends that worked at Aspen or Pacific and all these other companies. And I'd ask them, hey, you know, it's been a year now. How do you like working at these practices? And I think that was probably 90% of the outside research I did was getting info from um, fellow dental students that are now working at these uh, offices. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Everybody knows that I love, you always I, do I that, love yeah. that part. That's my yeah. job, right? I, I think this is just your personality. I, <laughs> I think yeah. you're actually doing it. Anyway. <laughs> you sound like my wife. <laughs> she always talks about how I could just, why don't I just take her side? I'm like, no. I got to look at the other point of view. Yeah. So you talk about how corporate dentists, you know, they come and wine and dine you, right? Right. But so I look at it this way, right? If they didn't have uh, a need, Right. If people didn't have a need for them, they wouldn't exist. Right. Right. So do you think that general dentists need to basically be better uh, business people? Do you think that general dentists need to do better so that the corporate mentality, the corporate, you know, uh, scheme doesn't exist? Because honestly, coming out of school, right, anybody's taking a risk on you, right? Because yeah. I'm sure corporate corporations want to make money. Yeah. And I remember when I was in dental school, it took me three hours to do one filling. Mm-mm. Right, remember that? that? Like when we first started, it took us three hours to do one film, and most of the time we were just standing around waiting. Right, yeah. but when you get out of school, three hours to do one film, you would never ever make any kind of money. Right, right. you wouldn't yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, do you think that the corporate uh, entity is there yeah. for a purpose? Do you think, or, or do you think that it's just you know what general dentists are doing what they possibly can, and and then corporations are kind of like leeches or i mean like what is your yeah. mentality for corporations because you said that was your only choice you had yeah and i and it's hard for me to believe that's the only choice you had i i don't want to i mean this might come off in a, ah, come off way, come off about a, it whatever who cares i think it's a necessary evil like it needs to be there in order for us to be able to get out and start working immediately get right. that experience and then go work you know if you choose to work in private practice then you can um I don't necessarily think that general dentists need to get recruiters at private practices and stuff because ultimately the best way for those private practice dentists to get other dentists is through, you know, just word of mouth or network.
working or whatnot. Um, I mean, if they're super desperate and whatnot, there's always, dental world is small. You always hear about other dentists. There's always an easy way to get in contact with others. I just think the corporate companies are really good at marketing, and that's their forte. And so they know how to get recruiters. They know how to pick up dental students. And so I think it's there in a way for, it's doing good in that it's giving job opportunities to dental students getting out. And I think that that is a good aspect of corporate companies that I do think is important because we do need jobs as soon as we get out. We have a lot of debt building up as soon as we get out, and the only people willing to take us are corporate companies. And they know, too, that within a year or two, 50 to 60% of their employees are quitting and going to private practices. They're doing other stuff. Um, okay. They have enough money to, 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 do, to handle that. They're pretty much prepared to get the new wave of graduating dental students. Okay, well, it, let's unpack that again, right? Yeah. So one, I think, um, I think uh, private practice dentists are lazy. Let me yeah. explain to you what I mean by that. No, okay, let me, just no, a blanket statement. No, no, let me explain. Wow. Let me explain, right? Because he said that, oh well, the corporations they're good at advertising. If if you had a house and you want to sell your house, yeah, would you just sit there and say, well, if somebody walks by and looks at it, they may tell other people, hey, there's a house being sold. Probably not, right? What if you hire somebody and you're like, hey, I want you to sell my house, right? Yeah, you have a real estate. Right. And then they're going to basically, what, advertise for you. Yeah. So that some there other people, right, on Craigslist or, right. you know, whatever websites or whatever, so that you, they, people know that your house is available for sale. Yeah. So why aren't general dentists doing exactly what corporations are? Say, they should. I think, I don't know if they're lazy. I think it's kind of the opposite. They have so much on their plate because they're handling a lot of aspects of Besides dentistry, sounds like you're they're micromanaging. But then I also, I mean, you got to look at the number of positions they're trying to fill. Maybe one or two associate spots for like a, a pretty large practice. Right. Where a corporation is going to need like twenty. Yeah. So that still doesn't mean you don't advertise. But the amount of dollars that you have to compete, it might not make sense. Yeah. Uh, and that's to your overhead. So you're like. You're, so, you're, so there's a limit. I'm just gonna. I need somebody, so I'm just gonna sit there and pray that someone comes. That doesn't I mean, make any sense. Based on. My you have to you have to spend money to make money. Yeah, I learned that from when I was a child. <laughs> Good, we'll use that. I was gonna say at Kmart when I was first working. Yeah, let's say. <laughs> but no, I'm serious. Like you know, you you have to spend money to make money, right? Yeah. And if you want to find good quality associates, you have to advertise and say, "Hey, I'm looking for it." You don't right. just yeah. pray that the dental gods are going to send you a great associate. Yeah. And then you can't sit there and complain because corporations are taking those yeah. associates away from you, right? I don't think all general private dentists do that. I think there are some that do figure out ways. Like, you know, there are those online, like, those online application sites now where they post their jobs and everything. So it is easier now for general private practice dentists to do that. Um, I think it's probably the old school ones that probably have more trouble with it because they're used to the old way of just maybe posting in a newspaper or something like that. Um, which no one ever reads anymore. Right. Yeah. I, I, get, I get made fun of because I read newspaper. Yeah. You know that? Religiously, yes, I'm the one making fun of you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I just call you ignorant. <laughs> you like, know? I have the same article on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like I like to read this. I like to hold it. Okay, I don't need I don't and need you to compare me to your father. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I need to I need to know somebody woke up at three in the morning yeah. to bring my newspaper to me. That's just how I am. I, I like that. I like Wait, that feeling. Waste. Waste. It's okay with me. I don't Sorry. care. Um, but um, let's let's talk about another thing. You talked about how the the corporations they packaged everything really well for yeah. you, right? They 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 said, "Oh, look at this number and this is how much you're gonna make and everything like that." Yeah. Did you feel like that was a complete lie? I don't think all of it was a lie. I think you know, like I said, it's necessary for them to kind of. They're not gonna tell you, "Oh, we're not doing very well right now." And stuff. They have to give you the pros because they want to sell you. And at the end of the day the job of a recruiter is to recruit and they're not going to recruit you giving you negative aspects of a company. So I think there, there were definitely, um, did you feel, did you were, feel lied to? Uh, no, I don't think I felt lied to. I feel like some things were a little misconstrued in terms of like just the extent of how much you you could make and all this other stuff. I think they would give you the best, the best possible outcome of every opportunity you have. But we all know that like, you're not going to get those days every day at the practice. It's not going to be perfect. And you're going to have some tough days and there's going to be um, 
sometimes when you're just going to have to um, work harder and whatnot. But they, they give you this aspect that every day is perfect, you're going to be taken care of and whatnot. Um, and just being a naive dental student, you kind of think coming straight out of dental school, you're going to have all this easy job opportunities and whatnot, and the recruiters do a good job at feeding you that, that kind of idea. I would like to piggyback on that because I totally felt uh, lied to while in dental school. As far <laughs> at, least, as like, at least you're honest. Yeah. Every every time I would sign to take another loan, I was like, oh, don't even worry about them. Man. You're going to pay this back so easy. It's it's Everyone wants you. And, you know, nobody is honest about the fact that it is a competitive market. Yeah. No one talks about the, the lack of dentists retiring or how that rate has, has slowed up. Big time. Um, ever and, since uh, 2008. Yeah. Exactly. And, and they show you that, you know, the yearly salary you'll be making is like 150, 150 to 200. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, sure, you, that is potentially an income bracket that you have, but they don't take into account the loans you have to pay off. They don't take into account, um, you know, even when you just get out the dental license fee, all these other stuff you have to pay for. Like, I think that's something realistically they should tell you, but that's not what they're there to do. They're there to recruit people for their um, job. And so they leave out certain details that I think some dental students deserve to know or should at least put in the effort to research. I, I felt like there needs to be a, a business aspect in dental school for some reason. That's you like know. my biggest issue with dental school. They've, yeah. they've really like screwed us in a way to where I think 50% of dentistry is business. Like you're mm-hmm. a businessman at the end of the day, whether exactly. you're working in a private or, or businesswoman. Or business. I mean, <laughs> we're not I, sexist on this podcast. <laughs> Please don't, don't don't bring your stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see it. Exactly. There it is. <laughs> I have a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> I watch uh, the Women's World Cup. Okay, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm, I, I love equally. Um, another thing too, right? So you're coming out of school. Yeah. You um, want and need that mentorship. Right. Did you feel like you got that when you were working in a corporate uh, job? And do you feel like you had that now that you're working in private practice? Or has it reversed? So I... Did not get the mentorship that I was promised in corporate. Promised? Yeah. Like they said, hey, you are going to make sure that you are mentored 100%. They didn't say I was going to get mentored 100%, but they said I was going to have a mentor that would be there for a majority of the time when I do the things and whatnot. And the truth of it was that they weren't there 100% of the time. And I worked in the office without another owner doctor. You know, at, at this office that I was put in, it was an office that just recently lost two dentists, and I was filling in the spot while another dentist was still trying to come back and fill in the second spot. So I was kind of taking 100% of that thing. Right out of school. Right. And the uh, owner dentist was at another office. They owned multiple practices, so they couldn't be there 100% of the time. If not, they couldn't be there in general. Actually, before that, it was owned by two other doctors who lived in California. So they were definitely not there. And right. the only way I could get in touch with them was through text or phone call. And that's not really a way the way I pictured having a mentor. You know, for me a mentor is like having somebody hands on in case I needed some kind of assistance or whatnot. Someone in the office. Yeah, because yeah. I mean at the end of the day, dentistry a lot of the stuff we need um, you know, advice or help on it's like hands on stuff and you can't really get that over a FaceTime call or a call. And it's not like you can I just never felt comfortable leaving the room with a patient to go make a phone call and talk about something, share x-rays and whatnot, like with the owner doc. So that part of it, I think, was definitely misconstrued. Like I said, certain promises they make that were misconstrued. Um, so you were just thrown in a deep end, is basically what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much, which also is kind of like a blessing in disguise, too, because I kind of just hit the ground running, and I just learned how to kind of take control and grow that confidence without having to you know, question myself or anything like that. I just kind of started going without asking too many questions and kind of faking it to make it, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm in another situation where I have, uh, I'm working part-time at two private practices with two different owner doctors. One owns one private practice and one owns five. So I kind of like the balance between the two because I can kind of see it. Ultimately, if I do want to own private, if I'd like to own one office versus multiple offices, and with both of them, they're both there at the offices a majority of the time. And I'm getting a lot more hands-on mentorship, which is great because in that aspect, I'm doing a lot more than I ever thought I would be doing. Uh, and I'm getting that business mentorship too, which is really cool because I'm getting to see how they run the practice and how they handle 
you know, their employees, their staff, just everything like that. So you didn't see that in uh, the corporate no. setting? Like, you didn't see the business that, that I mean, because they're very good at running a business. Exactly. If they have 100, 200 co- uh, offices, they must be good at running business. And that's the thing. I feel like when I was in the corporate, I was kind of kept in the shadows with all that. And that's because, you know, it's, for me, being in that practice in the corporate dentistry, I was just there to be a dentist, nothing else. Like, I wasn't there to handle the employees, the staff, to know about their schedules, anything like that. And another thing I had with that was that I felt like I was an employee and not even a dentist. I felt like I was hired to work in that office as an employee. I was held in the same regard as the office manager, even the, you know, hygienist, the assistants. Not that I'm saying like anybody's in the hierarchy, but I definitely didn't feel like a dentist in the office. I just felt like an employee, which could easily be let go within a day or two. You know, like there was no sense of equal accountability or. They didn't make you feel special. Right, and not saying like I, you know, I want to be like spoon fed or something like that, but you didn't get a back rub. I think that there's a little kind of feeling as a doctor to be kind of, you know, like if they have a question about treatment and stuff, they come to you to ask about it and whatnot. But I didn't feel like that was there because the owner doctor was, you know, the ultimate boss and everything, and I was just an employee in that office filling a space that could easily be replaced. So you didn't feel like you're the the person who owned the office saw you as a colleague. Right. They saw you as a support. I feel like at every office meeting and staff meeting we had, the accountability was put on all of us evenly. And even if it was something that was done wrong with, you know, whatever was happening, it was held accountable on me as equal as it was with the assistants and whatnot. Like there was no... Was it dental related? Because if it's dental related, then I can understand them no, saying no. you as a dentist instance, messed let up. Let me give you an example of one of the things and yeah. I've, I've talked about this to other dentists, and they agree that this is definitely not the right way. But when the schedules were empty, or okay. when, when our days were empty on our schedule, um, the owner doctor requested that the dentist, me and the other dentist in the office, start making calls for our patients, start calling patients to fill in our, our schedule. Personally, I don't think that's my job as a dentist. That's that's the front desk job. That's the office manager's job. That's what they are hired to do, and that's what they're trained to do. Me as a dentist is there to treat the patients that come into the office that are scheduled on the schedule that are already booked. I don't feel like I'm held to that same regard as office manager. But at these office meetings, I was had equally as fault as the rest of them for not having booked schedules every day. And I personally didn't see that as being a... I saw that as an example of being held as an employee and not a doctor or a dentist in the office. I would just kind of put in the same accountability factor as the office managers and the staff or the assistants. And do you think that this is something that's kind of um, like a like a sweeping issue with corporate? Or do you find that this was just an isolated issue with the, just the situation you were in? I'm honestly not sure because I don't know. I mean, if you talk to your friends yeah, who, so, who are in corporate, what did they say? So I haven't talked to... A lot of the friends in the same corporate, right? Um, but office, just corporate. But I think general. it is probably an isolated thing because okay. the owner is very hands-on with like their patients and everything. Like they probably do this too, but that at the same time for me that feels like okay, the owner doctor does that fine. That's their power, but that's not what I do, and that's not something I was trained to do. Or right. dental school doesn't teach you to make patient calls. That that's not what we're trained to do. Right. And even when I did do it, I felt very uncomfortable. The patients felt uncomfortable. I had some patients saying, like, "Why are you calling?" <laughs> like you know, and to a certain extent, if my, that dentist, is true. if my dentist called me, I would be like, "This guy's either really desperate or right. he's really bored." <laughs> right, that's right, my right, opinion, right. and I feel like I had a similar response from a lot of friends that I asked about it just to see if you know if this was just a bias I had right so I do think it was an isolated incident but at the same time I think these isolated incidences are happening in pockets or bubbles of the corporate company not only this one but other ones too so in, in your new job that you have now yeah uh, you're not calling any patients no and that's that's like I talked to you about this I, yeah. I was kind of thrown off once I started this private practice because now I'm being treated like the doctor and right. I'm being treated kind of like a boss in the practice right and it definitely threw me off for the first few weeks because they would you know they would ask for permission before they could do this or they would come check with me before they could do that and I was just kind of thrown off because I wasn't used to being treated this way I was used to just kind of like 
did you did you feel like you had to ask permission when you started yeah, working? At some point. <laughs> he was like, "Can I numb the patient now?" Remember, remember in dental school, we had to ask permission at to like numb the patient. Yeah, at some points, I remember like you know when I would go on my lunch break, I would check with them if it's okay if I could go home for a bit because I had like an hour block or something. Right. They would just be like looking at me like surprised. They're like, "You can do whatever you want, doc. Like this is your office." <laughs> and so it's like instances like that where I realized how I was really. Um, treated like just a baseline employee. Like I, I worked at companies like Apple where I felt like I was treated in a little bit higher regard. Then there's a dentist. Then yeah, and and I'm not trying to say that to put him down or anything, but I just felt like the um, the scale of you know um, accountability was just kind of skewed off what it should be or what it should at least be um, leveled out at. I mean, I, hearing the story, I, I don't think it's an isolated incident, but um, I think there's a big uh, miss as far as like with the mentorship, even in, because I've been in, in different corporate settings and right. um, I think that there's always something to be learned. I, I do agree, like when you start off, um, keeping kind of in the shadows of how the business works um, is something that is done a lot to new grads. Um, why do you think that's the case? I think they want you to focus on just becoming a good dentist. They yeah. know that you need some time, and so they want—they don't want to overwhelm you. But the from the beginning, like clear expectations have to be like laid out. Like, so if your expectation is, "Hey, I want to come here and I want to get some experience," that's why I'm here. Um, that's okay. I'm I'm going to be here one or two years, and then I'm going to go to private practice. Having that talk up front can make a world of difference because yeah. like, okay so what do you want to learn you want to learn like, but no one's going to hire you I mean let's be honest I'm not going to hire they're going to hire you yeah no I'm not going to hire I will somebody. say I will say that 100% the corporate companies if you tell them I will work for two years with yeah, you they're, they're not, still going to hire you there are a couple of dentists that really? I work with at this corporate office that they already have a schedule of like when they were leaving and stuff and mm-hmm. it was well known and like these corporate companies know that because for them wait a minute wait a minute, wait a minute. yes you're telling me if I came up and let any job, any job, if I said, Hey, by the way, I'm, I want this job. And in a year or two, I'm probably going to leave your job. Yeah. Yeah. They're still going to hire you. Yeah. So now that's just a level of just desperation. Well, because for them, they're still going to make that money. Like, you know, they're going to make that production off of you. And then when you leave, they can as easily hire the next person. And it's they not, not it. a lot of overhead for them to get a new. Well, but no, okay, so let's, let's, okay, so the ADA, I remember looking at this stand, Dr. Kreda, correct me if I'm wrong, but they said to replace a dentist, an associate, right, cost the company or the dental office about $150,000. In the corporate settings, that's generally the, the, the truth, yeah. So you're telling me that they're okay knowing that in a year or two, they're going to have to lose $150,000. Because they'll be able to hire somebody in a year and a half of that and ramp them up and to take your spot, yeah. So, so that, that loss is, mitigated if not eliminated exactly yeah and i think for every like maybe so this is wow every two dentists they lose they probably gain five more that end up staying in the office so it's not like a loss for them because just think how many people graduate every year that get a corporate job right and then how many people leave those corporate jobs in a year i think a lot less people leave the corporate jobs than get hired because of comfort yeah and that's that's the thing with me too is like if i really felt comfortable at this place and like kind of reach this level of stagnancy I would have stayed. And it's just the thing is, with these companies too, um, I had a thing about the business aspect mm-hmm. too, like how they keep you in the shadows. So like one example is like the contract you signed. If I give you that contract to read, I showed it to my lawyer. He, my lawyer couldn't even understand the contract. That's how wordy these business contracts are that they write. And their corporate offices, they're, this is their That's what they do. They yeah. have like 12, 12 <laughs> right. 13 lawyers writing this up. So, when I left this office and I went to private practice, the two private practice offices gave me their contract. Their contract was one page long. It was like three <laughs> uh, paragraphs that I could read, that a, my niece could read when right. I was like nine years old. Right. And so that was the difference I noticed. And like I said, how they kind of keep you in the dark with certain aspects. Like I didn't even know how I was making my like money paycheck, at some point. Right? Like the way they um, talk about your production and whatnot, like the... The wording is just so, if you need somebody to explain it to you, I had to have the office manager come break it down for me, like how I was making my money. Well, okay, let's talk about that. And if I'm, without using, you know, money, I, I don't like to talk, I don't want to go into anybody's pocket. I yeah, really yeah, don't. Yeah. 
But give me a rundown of basically how you got paid. If I'm completely honest with you, yeah. I still don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have, so the, the reason I stayed is there's a six month guarantee, right? So uh-huh. six month guarantee, you make a fixed amount every day, no matter what. Okay. That's what kept me there for the six months because I knew what I was. And that's do. normal, right? You, and yeah, most dentists normally get about a you get a guarantee a for guarantee. the first ninety days to. And this had six months, so for me that was a big selling point. Because six months, I could figure out if mm-hmm. I like the practice or not, and mm-hmm. then I could figure out what I wanted to do after that. Okay. Once I hit that six months, then I love it. It got real. Seven or eight month time. So, so you you know that's when I started realizing like I don't even know where this how I'm making this or like what's going on. Okay, mm-hmm. hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick. So somebody could be listening to this and saying, "Well, this guy's just a jerk. He waited until his what? guarantee is up and then he dipped out." I mean that that's something that someone could be like because he left in seven months. So that could be something that's like, "Oh well, why didn't you know within that six months when you were getting guaranteed?" Right? Yeah. You basically said, okay, my guarantee's up, now I'm going to leave. Yeah. That Was that the situation? I mean, you got to no. explain yourself. So I'm my, sure somebody's thinking My reasoning that. for the six months is because I, you can't know how a practice is doing within a month time or a two-month time. You really need to see a long amount of time, see how their patient flow is, see how the practice is going, see how the employees are, you know, working in the office. And I think it, six months is an average, probably even not even enough time to know how well a practice is doing because there's seasons in dentistry too you know right. there's a high high patient season and there's a low patient season right and i started at the low patient season so it was like pretty slow for the first three mm-hmm. months and i was the only dentist and it was a failing practice so i was kind of rebuilding it back up trying to get mm-hmm. patients in so and you found this out when you started yeah i mean they definitely when they recruited you they, they were talking they, about how yeah, great it is a, they threw a little positive spin on it like you're going to be this dentist like starting off at this practice it's already been there for a while there are existing patients what they didn't tell me was those existing patients didn't like the previous patients or the previous mm-hmm. dentist and it was it was i was kind of building it back trying to get from like a three to four star back to a five star office and you know to a certain extent i did do that and i put in my work in time so that six month guarantee i would definitely worked before I was trying to get patients to come back in. I was trying to regrow that practice because at the end of the day, once that six months ended, I wanted to have my personal guarantee that I was going to have patients filling in those schedules. So yeah, you are putting on that guarantee, but at the same time, you're also getting cheated because if you're making more production every day, you're only getting paid that guaranteed amount. So oh, so you're not getting no, you don't get gar- whichever one's higher. No, you just get oh. that guaranteed amount. So oh, in a way, you're not. I'm not really like cheating. Oh, I wouldn't work there. hard. I'd be like, hey, I'm just gonna work to that guarantee level. <laughs> it's the truth. That's what I would do, right? Well, yeah, I'm not gonna work extra. Lazy. I, just, I never said I wasn't. <laughs> so that's one way to look at it, but like that's not what I was looking at as because I was definitely like, like you know, I was a naive dental student that I wanted to start working and being a good dentist, and I still do want to do that. Um, and I try to make sure I didn't get comfortable with that guarantee every day. I wanted to try to get. So what was the difference with um, going to private practice? Was there still a guaranteed format so or anything? This there? is what I really love. So like I for everyone listening, I do have a bias for private practices, so just take we, that we can't tell. Down. We can't <laughs> tell at all. So there was nothing that said <laughs> no no clue. No. <laughs> so I love my two owners. I got really lucky. One I just got because I just walked into the practice and I asked if their associate was leaving in a month to Seattle and they wanted something to hire. And so they didn't advertise. She just asked my resume. Mm-hmm. I walked to her back office. We talked for like ten minutes and I was hired pretty much. And so yeah. maybe advertisement doesn't does exactly. work. Yeah, no, that wasn't even advertisement. I just walked in. Oh. Oh, so yeah, it didn't work. It I was just, just like, like screw this. Proactive. <laughs> it was eight minutes from my house. I was driving home, and I was just like, let me just stop by and see. And I had my resume on me. Um, and then the other office, I just knew through friends who he has a really good reputation in the Houston dental world. So, anyways, with the um, the first the doctor that owns the five dental practices, he basically told me like, listen, you'll be on a guarantee for as long as you need to be. Whenever you're comfortable to switch out of the guarantee and go to production. Just let me know. He's like, I guarantee you, you're going to want to switch out of your guarantee. And that was a big selling point for me because he didn't give me a timeline. He just said, whenever you're comfortable. For me, it's like, that's that's some real confidence that he's so confident in the amount of production you're going to be making that he didn't put a timeline on it. And I got out of my guarantee with just within two weeks of working there because I was like, hey, I'm ready. Like, wow. Two weeks like, oh, wow. compared to six months. And that's just because he was honest with me. He was forthcoming on the day I went to meet him. He showed me his production at each office, and he said, "These are all the straight up, and it's on collections, not in productions." But he's just—they're just so on top of everything, and it's a lower to middle income area. So I got a chance to do a lot of 
a lot more handwork, so I'm doing a lot more extraction, root canals, getting all that experience that I didn't get at the corporate office, and I'm making production on that stuff. So, um, yeah, so that was, that was my main spiel on Sorry if I went into No, 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 that's no, good. That's, actually, that's exactly that's what we want to hear. Yeah. So, so if somebody is coming in and, and they're in your situation, yeah. what are some of the red flags that should pop up? I mean, these dental students are naive, right? Yeah. They basically just want to, I mean, because we all have student loans we want to pay yeah, out. Within good and reason, it, I think. Right. And if somebody is telling me, you're going to be guaranteed, you're going to make so much money, you know what I mean? It's like, it, you, you want to believe them because yeah. truthfully, you want to make money. Yeah. Well, you know? I think, like, as dental students, we should know by now, because when we went to dental school interviews, they showed you all these positive aspects, and we all know that every dental school isn't perfect. There are flaws to every dental school. So dental schools are liars, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And, and the corporates. Every, everyone that We're habitually lied to. Yeah. <laughs> From <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> every, uh, you know, company that wants you to be a part of it has, shows you the, the positive aspects of right. it. Right. Um, so I think with dental students, the most important thing is to be really alert about like we have so many resources around us now. We're so lucky as students of the millennial generation to yeah, yes, you just pull you out your computer, we Google anything and you'll find out anything. We didn't have anything. we didn't have Google back in my day. Yeah. Back in two thousand five. We did have Google. So. Shut up. <laughs> we had newspapers. We did. I would actually look in the in the classifies. Uh, so much in MySpace. In MySpace. Actually I did have MySpace. Don't talk bad about MySpace. Exactly. Okay, don't yeah. Don't talk bad about MySpace. Yeah, but, uh, so I, yeah, I think dental students definitely go to these d- dinners and stuff. You get free food out of it. You know, take full advantage of everything. That you, you need do. that as a dental student. Yeah, true <laughs> words. That's ninety percent of the reason I went to these, but the other ten percent is to find this job. And so, once you go to these, don't just like go home like, oh, and they also serve alcohol at these events. I don't drink personally, but I can see how people would just drink. It. So they were just drunk. I mean, they don't really even tell you anything. Well, that's the thing. It's like they could have been lying to you the whole time. You had just, no idea. You're yeah, drunk. you're just drinking so much that you don't care at this point. It just all sounds good. So I'm not saying that's generally like their plan, but I, I'm saying like a lot of the students went for the free drinks and free food. Right. But while you're there, just try to take as much resources as you can from them, like their brochures or magazines, and then take it home with you and just look up stuff on them. Look up Student Doctor Network. Talk to your friends that work for the company. Talk to dentists that work for the company. A lot of dentists that work for them now for four to five years, they'll be honest with you. Like some of them aren't afraid to tell you the truth about the companies because you know they don't really have any notice at that point. What are what are some of the things that you would say to students? Hey, ask these questions if you really want to get an idea yeah. of what not not even just corporations, but also what any yeah any anybody that's going to hire you. Yeah. What are some of the questions? Are the key questions that you want to know? You know what I mean? To make um, a good decision. It depends on what kind of dentist you want to be. So for me, I want to be at all around hands-on everything dentist. I want to do pedo. I want to be able to do root canals. I want to do extraction. So if I were you going into corporate, ask them what they let you do. Because a lot of corporate offices, they have specialists for everything. So for instance, the corporate office I worked at, I couldn't do a lot of stuff because we have a specialist for everything. We have a periodontist. We have an oral surgeon. We have an orthodontist. And they told you, you can't do this. Yeah, I mean, basically, their their input on it is we have specialists for this. We pay them for this stuff, so they have to get paid. They need to get these patients. You can do it, but it's kind of frowned down upon. They don't say it in writing, but, I mean, it's pretty much just known. Fact. Were you verbally abused? If, if no, you no. I, <laughs> no, you got to ask these questions. <laughs> I mean, I never, <laughs> I never did anything that I felt was out of scope and right. I tried to not put myself in a position where they would sit in a room and say why did you do this but I do feel like I wish I was able to do more stuff challenge a chance to because yeah that six month time I feel like I reached a very stagnant period where I was just doing crowns fillings and cleanings and that's it like I wasn't mm-hmm. doing much beside that and I did have the opportunity to do single root, root canals and whatnot but I mean I reached the point where I was, it was so long since I did root canal that I lost that confidence in it. And mm. I think a lot of these corporates, not saying that this is the goal of them, but a lot of them kind of make, make you so, um, I guess unsure of yourself with certain aspects. They won't want to leave the office and go to other practices because then you have to learn all this other stuff again, like do root canals. And I work, you know, with doctors in this corporate office that don't want to leave now because they haven't done certain procedures in years now or months and that's a big fear of them is when they leave these general practice doctors are going to ask like when the last time you did a you know 
it's a molar root canal. Like there's a third molar extraction. And if you say you haven't done it in months, that could be a real, um, you know, flaw in your resume. Like, you know, a dentist is not going to want to hire someone who hasn't done third molar extraction in like a year or two because they need doctors who are experienced. So you're telling me that these corporations, at least the ones that you work for, basically make you kind of uh, inept as a dentist, yeah. as an overall dentist, yeah. is what you're saying. And I'm not saying, I, I don't want to say... From your experience, for what yeah. you, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say that that's their goal or plan, but I feel like the, the way they kind of uh, structure the entire treatment aspect, it, it stagnates you, and there's nothing you can do about it, because you have specialists that need to get paid and need to get their income, too. And they're only going to be able to do it by doing all that stuff that you're not allowed to do or not able to do in the practice. So for me, so what is what I've heard, right? And, right. and just kind of listen to, and tell me if you hear the same thing. A lot of private practice dentists want that kind of model now where they bring in specialists to their office. Yeah. So what's stopping them from basically doing the same thing to you and saying, well, you know, now that we have that periodontist or the yeah. oral surgeon in our office, stop doing that. Yeah. What's stopping you from now having the same experience now that you've left corporate and went to private practice. So at the private practice that I'm at, so there are two different offices. I'll say the one with the multiple um, offices that he owns. He told me, he's like, whatever you're comfortable with doing, I want you to do it. But I also want you to be realistic as to whether the procedure is worth your time and worth your production. Because if you're going to be doing a third molar extraction for three hours, that's a lot of money that you could be making on the side. So his perspective on it is, you're doing whatever you want to do, it's going to either set you back or affect you. It's not really going to be an issue for me. I just want you to be comfortable. And that's what I like because he's telling me, like, you're an adult. You need to make these decisions yourself about what you think is within your scope of reach. And if you want to refer it out, we have doctors we refer it out to. So what I liked about it was he told me, like, we, we have an oral surgeon that I know. We have a periodontist that I know. Um, we have an ortho, like, you want to do ortho, you should do it. Like, I'm Invisalign certified. And it's like, great, if you want to do it. If you don't want to do it and you don't feel comfortable with the case, let me know and I'll come in any, any day in the office and I'll go over it with you. Um, so in that aspect, he did give me limits, but he told me it's limits that I can set for myself. Whereas with the corporate office, it was just a hard line that I couldn't cross. There was no questions. There was no answers. Buts or ifs, you know? So, I mean, the biggest thing that is a, uh... It's coming out through, through your story is just the intentionality between you and the owner and kind of getting on the same page from the beginning yeah. and that actual physical shoulder to shoulder mentorship and kind of letting you know that they're going to grow your, your knowledge and your experience together. Yeah. I, I think mean, that's huge. I think it's like a constructive mentorship and I think it's great because I have, you know, I have made mistakes so far being at this private practice because of the mentality I've had being in the corporate office that I've had to kind of wash out of my memory right now and so much the owner doctor is trying to help me with that because when you do work in a corporate office your treatment plan is also very um very much changed to align with the corporate um treatment planning mindset well let's let's dive into that now okay. this will be the last part because i know okay. we can talk for hours and i don't think anyone wants to hear this yeah, yeah. talk for that long but talk about that and what what what's the difference yeah so I'll tell dental students now that whatever treatment planning mindset you have now in dental school, um, just know that that's not going to be the concrete dental planning, dental treatment planning mindset you're going to have coming out, whether it's in private or uh, corporate practice. And I noticed immediately going to corporate practice that I had to really change a lot of my treatment planning because for them, it was when the patient's in the room, do as much as you can or try to get as much as you can because the patient might not come back again. And I think that's that's an okay way to look at it sometimes, but I think also um, personally, I, I like to have patients that I'm going to see on a long-term basis. And I think if you do that, you can definitely scare patients away. And I've definitely had to wash that out of my memory because at these private practices, I've seen patients that, I, that they've seen for years at private practices. Like the owner dentist knows the kids. The owner dentist knows the mom and dad that have been coming here for years. So if you did something like that at these offices and throw all this information and money at these patients, they, they're going to not be happy because they, they've been used to coming to this practice and they're going to know the difference in treatment planning or you know, they're going to see that. Um, so I've had to wash that out of my memory. Um, 
So just and dental students, all I'm going to say is just like try to focus on treatment planning based on what the office wants, but also try to keep a uh, sense of morality with how you're treatment planning and know you know what's within uh, I guess just good ethics of how you're treatment planning. I mean, well said. I mean, um, the way you can attest to this too, Doctor Ocker. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that you treat and plan uh, coming out of school and then after you've been in practice for a couple of years, it, it has to change. It's yeah. just it's not realistic, right? Um, and but the, the good point that uh, he made was, um, it you really have to find the the office mechanics. Like each office is going to be different, and there's a certain way that you kind of fit into that that office flow mm-hmm. of treatment planning. Yeah. Uh, I can picture him in the office with the patient coming to the office for 10 plus years and then all of a sudden you tell them, oh, you need to do five teeth. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, what? Like, I usually do like once, one a year. Right, like, yeah. you know, it's right. not this big thing. It's um, a shot. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then it makes you look, they start to question everything about you yeah. rather than, you know, so um, it's that, I think that's very important because uh, I think coming out of school, you just assume, oh, everyone treatment plans the exact same and, uh, I'm just going to do what I've been taught and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, the owner doc I was at at this corporate practice, a lot of their treatment planning was um, any decay that was passed, you know, like the enamel was a crown for everything. And so I had to really relearn that because that was never my treatment planning back in dental school. I used to do a lot of MOs, DOs, like fillings, you know. So they went from doing fillings, which are just... You take care of the Just cavity. A conservative approach. Yeah, you, know, you take you care know. of the cavity to yeah. basically cut the whole tooth down. Exactly. And, and that was the mentality that they yeah. had. And unfortunately, that is something that I had to really wipe out of my memory because mm-hmm. when I went into these private practices, the owner doc for the first few patients would come up to me and be like, what do you think about this? What do you, what do you want to do for this patient? And, and you're like, like oh, crap. Cutting that tooth down. Yeah. And the doc was like, whoa, calm down. Like, this patient is a Medicaid patient or they can't afford this stuff. You know, like you... Not only like the financial aspect, but also just the conservative approach to the tooth. There's so much healthy tooth structure. Why would you take away so much of that tooth structure? And that's stuff I learned in dental school. And I knew that from the start. Like when I graduated dental school, I was, I loved doing films, but that six months, six, seven months I was at the corporate office, I definitely had to relearn this new treatment planning. And now I'm unlearning that treatment planning process. And it's something that a lot of dental students are going to come across when they go into these offices. And I'm not saying every corporate office is like that, but every corporate office has this certain treatment plan that they always do. That's their bread and butter. And the owner doctor I worked with just didn't believe in composite fillings. They believed that fillings were just not a good approach to, you know, taking care of the tooth because those fillings were going to fall out or break off. In my opinion, that probably just means it's not a good filling that was placed, or you just right. didn't do it right because fillings have been, you know, for the goal's hundred for two hundred years. Yeah, yeah. There's cosmetic and aesthetic dentists that are doing really well, and they, all they do is filling. Right. So, for me, I definitely you know questioned their logic in it, but I didn't. But at the time, while it. you were in there, you didn't question it because just, I was working for them. Like, right. At the end of the day, if I didn't do it, I was going to be replaced, like you said, you know, with wow. a new dentist coming out. Um, so that's something I'm relearning um, and trying to get out of my head now. And it, it is taking a while. There's a lot of times when I keep looking at things and I see crowns that, you know, I never liked doing that. I never, never thought I would be somebody to think that way. But you know, now thankfully I'm in a position where I can start being a little bit more conservative. And uh, smart with my approaches on that. Wow, this is a lot. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I mean, we this is probably one of the longer uh, podcasts we've had, but this was excellent. I mean, Thank I you. think a lot of people are going to listen to this and go, "Huh, I'm gonna have to really rethink what I ask instead of just going for." Because don't I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was a dental student, I loved the you know they'll take you a steak dinner. You haven't had steak in a long <laughs> yeah. time. You know, your family weren't, they're not, they're not paying for your stuff yeah. anymore. So, so, you know, we, we would stick to the McDonald's, you know, maybe, maybe you might order from the menu, yeah. maybe the one or two, you know, but now they come in there, they're like, Hey, it's on, it's on me. Yeah. I, I'm definitely, I'm not liking this company, <laughs> you know? So they, they, they try to trick you. But in the end, I honestly believe that this conversation is, is really needed because, so. of, yeah, it really is because of the fact that, and one thing that I will say from talking to other people from, it's not just, corporations and i will say this right i believe that there's a lot of shady private practice oh, owners as well yeah right and i really I was believe say that. that too is like you know with the bias i had is because i was lucky enough to find right good 
private practice dentist. That's it. But I do know that there are some out there, like you said, that just aren't good ones. Right. Um, and you have to you have to keep an eye out for those. And like I said, it's the same thing. You have to research those offices too because the Google reviews tell the truth. Exactly. Um, I agree. Just the background research yeah. on them will tell you more than they will themselves. Right. And I honestly think for anybody that's listening, for anybody that's trying to come into dental, uh, you have to do your research. You have to do your due diligence. I mean, now I mean your phone is your computer. Yeah. Back in the day, you didn't have that. Okay. Back in so you gotta stop saying. It's the same day. I used to type. I had a typewriter. You had a typewriter. I, had, I used to type my resume. But that's another yeah, story. Papyrus. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I, mean, I, I had to, I had to chisel it out. I couldn't make oh, a great. mistake. I couldn't make a mistake. But now, I mean, we definitely have so much information, yeah. and you can literally resources. find out anything. And that's why, like, I I don't feel bad for any dentists now that have worked in corporate and are still there complaining about it because you have the resources to right. find out whether you're a right fit. Right. Whether you have the ability to get out if you feel like you need to. But if you sit there and you feel like, oh, I put myself in this position and I'm stuck, then that's on you because we as dentists are educated people. Like we should, we have the power to be good dentists and be on. better dentists. Yeah. And if you don't put yourself in that regard, then that's on you. I mean, well I can said it better myself. Yeah. It's cold blooded, but I could have said it better <laughs> myself. You know, that's good though. I mean, in the end, you just have to sit there and say, "Stop complaining and do something about it." Yeah, you know what I mean. We're and, trained to research, like you know, a lot of our school we right. did a lot of research articles, right. research, right. Um, and so that goes with getting a job too. You really have to research your job before you can get it. All right. Well, honestly, that guys, I'm very glad that you came on here. Uh, I, I can guarantee, time. yeah, I can guarantee you're going to be back on, and I can guarantee people are going to want to ask you questions. So please tell us, how did they reach you so they can maybe ask you more questions about what you went through? Uh, well, I actually did get some messages last time through Instagram, so Good. thanks for the questions. Um, that's usually the best place to reach, reach me. Um, my Instagram is uh, mogaj, M-O-G-A-J. Um, feel free to follow and ask me anything. Um, I usually post a lot of dental stuff on there too. He does. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah, I follow him. Yeah. <laughs> I follow him. I, follow him. Do, I don't think he follows me, but I follow him. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm messing around. I, yeah, yeah. So I post a lot of procedures and I, you know, I try to put some funny stuff based on dentistry. So yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. I'm always happy to answer any dental students. And, That's uh, it. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you again. Thank we you definitely appreciate it. We'll end here. here. Yeah, thank we'll end both. here. Uh, and if you have any other topics that you want to talk about, I just complain about anybody. I love that. <laughs> and if you want to badmouth people, it's especially even better. Okay. He you definitely wants you back. I want that. that. I want that. I, I need. I need listeners. So, <laughs> thank you again. Okay. Really appreciate you. Man. Enjoy your night. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at real dentist with an S at gmail dot com. That's real dentist R E A L dentist with an S at gmail dot com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.